Good afternoon. I'm Jazz Garrett from the capital city on KINY. On October 18, 1867, the United States took formal possession of Alaska from Russia. Today is Alaska Day. Anchorage police after razor blades were twice found in a suburban park, including once on a slide as a child was preparing to use it. A television station is reporting. The first incident occurred on October 8th when Felicia Pope said she saw razor blades on the slide in Schroeder Park in suburban Eagle River. Just as her three-year-old daughter Abigail was preparing to slide down, she told KTUU-TV. Pope said she ran as fast as her body would let her run, even faster, and that it was designed to cause harm. Police were called to the park again on Sunday after a razor blade was found on the ground by playground equipment. No injuries have been reported. Anchorage police told KTUU they are investigating. Executive Director of the Juno Symphony, Charlotte Truitt, and Skiba from the performance Candide joined Capital Chat. The show is this Saturday and Sunday at Juno Douglas High School. This is an exciting weekend. This is the first time the Juno Symphony has been able to collaborate with Juno Lyric Opera in many years. And um, so we are really proud and happy to be bringing to the stage Candide and it's by Leonard Bernstein. And this is a concert performance of a classic American operetta. So it's a uh, an operetta is a shorter opera, so it's not like this three-hour marathon or anything. It's probably more like two hours, would you say? And uh, so this is by Leonard Bernstein, and a lot of folks know that name from West Side Story. And so if you liked West Side Story, you're probably going to like Candide. And it's uh, lighthearted and fun. It's a comedy. Skiba talks about her experience in classical singing. Since I was like three years old, honestly, my whole life. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's an important part of my life. It's one of the reasons I love Juno. The winter times here, the fall, the spring, it's my favorite thing to do. Other than summer times being outside and then winter time, it's time for the arts. It's time to perform. Right. And this right. is a huge show. I really feel like it's probably like one of the biggest shows with so many people. Um, kind of since COVID, honestly. I was talking about this last night with some mm -hmm. people. And yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Lots okay. of energy. And Chira explains how to get tickets. They can get tickets at our website, junosymphony.org, and it's real clear right there on the homepage to get the tickets. Um, we have uh, tickets for adults and for kids, and we have uh, lots of different options there for you to pick your seats ahead of time. And we do really encourage folks to get their tickets in advance, if at all possible. Uh, we do have ticketing uh, at the door, so if you have your plans changed at the last minute, come on down. Everybody's welcome to come on in. The Downtown Business Association is holding a Halloween scavenger hunt, now until Halloween. Uh, so it's not just for children, it's for families, adults can play too. And we have a um, scavenger hunt start the 13th, and there are pumpkins hidden in 25 businesses downtown. Wow. And the kids can come down and get the passport where they find the pumpkins, and the business will give them a stamp after they find the pumpkin in that location. And each location has the passports available, so you can walk into any of those businesses, pick up the passport, find the pumpkin, get a stamp, take that passport with you, and I think you have to get a total of five pumpkins and then your passport is filled out. There's an uptake of businesses participating this year. There are 40 businesses which is double from last year because yes. last year we had 20 so we had 40 so the kids are going to make out like bandits downtown this year. On Halloween, families can look for orange balloons at businesses in order to find candy. V from V's Cellar Door says she'll have full-size candy bars and she also talks about new businesses downtown. 
there's um, a variety of new people have come into uh, the street has bloomed we have uh, Luna um, Willow and Luna which is a wonderful leather shop when I was a kid we used to have Wilson's leather you walk in there and you smell that leather you walk in the Willow Luna and it is phenomenal um, we have Lily Hope the artist who just moved across the street actually right. from the restaurant um, we have a wonderful native shop right next to that and I cannot remember the name of the shop uh, we have Urban Eskimo which Urban is right Eskimo. above me that not only has great clothing but has amazing um, um, boards and, and, and art and Cards. even even jewelry and old coins. He's got it all. It's, uh. the, it's the coolest little place. And we have an, a plant store now. I mean, there's just so many new businesses right. over the past year. Coming up next on News of the North, Representative Sarah Hannon joined Action Line to give her response to the Alaska Board of Education's decision to move forward with the ban of transgender girls from girls' sports teams. That story next with Jordan Lewis. Welcome back to News of the Jordan Lewis. Representative Sarah Hannon came on to Action Line yesterday to discuss what's happening in the legislature as well as responding to the Alaska Board of Education's decision to move forward with the ban of transgender girls from girls' sports teams. I guess I, I'll start with I'm very disappointed that the State Board of Education has decided um, to step into what I think is a, a red herring debate about student participation in activities. Um, and, you know, I, I always come back to the premise that having students involved in activities is good for kids. And it's not about whether your kid gets the gold ribbon is the number one or the state champion, that's nice. But whether you're in a sport or in a club or in a you know, marching band, the goal is to make sure that young people have opportunities to have healthy, lifelong activities, learn to work together, um, and succeed. You can listen to the full episode on our website. Southeast Conference's annual scholarship auction on September 19th was a success, generating more donations for scholarships than ever before in the history of the event. Held during their September 19th through 21st annual meeting in Sitka, the auction raised a record-breaking $60,200 to a scholarship endowment for the University of Alaska Foundation, which supports Southeast students in the coming academic year. Since 2000, Southeast Conference has given nearly $470,000 to the fund. Established in 1992, the Scholarship Endowment was created to support residents of the region in the pursuit of educational and career goals consistent with the organization's objectives. In 2010, a separate student assistance fund was created to assist students with programs that are outside the university system. Southeast Conference Executive Director Robert Venables is enthusiastic about the continuing their efforts, noting the commitment to our Southeast students and the generosity of our Southeast Conference members are incredible, rock solid, and beyond words. These funds are an investment in the future of our region and state, and we are excited for the opportunity to support our future workforce. Alaska last year had a slight decrease in its number of reported syphilis cases, marking the first year without an increase since an outbreak was detected in 2018, according to a new bulletin issued by the Division of Public Health's Epidemiology Section. In all, 424 cases were recorded in 2022, a decrease from the 447 reported cases in 2021, according to the bulletin. 
but the syphilis statistics revealed some other concerning trends about the sexually transmitted infection. There was an uptick in the percentage of cases that were considered long-term when the disease is more dangerous. Julia Rogers, a state epidemiologist and co-author of the bulletin, cautioned against interpreting the absolute case numbers as a sign that Alaska's syphilis outbreak is being resolved, saying it does not necessarily mean that things have improved in the state. There are reasons to believe that testing for the disease and thus detection is lagging, meaning case numbers might be understated. One problem in Alaska and nationally, as U.S. syphilis cases have increased sharply since 2017, is the effect of the COVID-19 pandemic, according to the bulletin. As with other infections or diseases that are detected through screening, syphilis got less attention when the health system's resources were focused on the pandemic, according to Rogers. Another sign that raises concerns is that while the big increase in 2018 was largely among men, the case evenly divided between men and women, she said. Women who are infected are less likely to have symptoms early on and therefore less likely to get tested. Women account for 47% of the reported cases in 2022, according to the bulletin. Most concerning is the possibility for pregnant women who are infected to pass the disease on to their babies, according to Rogers. Such cases, known as congenital syphilis, are particularly dangerous. If not treated, they can cause neurological or musculoskeletal disabilities or death, according to state health officials. Between 2018, when Alaska's outbreak was detected, and 2022, there were 26 such cases in the state, with all but one of them happening since 2020, according to state records. In 2022 alone, there were 12 cases. And the Juno Chamber of Commerce has announced the success of its annual dinner, which was held on October 14th. The anticipated event garnered immense support from the community, resulting in a sold-out celebration that showcased the vital role of ocean industries in the region. The Juno Chamber of Commerce's annual dinner brought together a diverse range of business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community members for an evening of camaraderie and recognition. The event highlighted the economic significance of ocean industries, emphasizing their contribution to the local economy and the potential for future growth. The event was not just a memorable occasion, but also served to help the Chamber make important announcements and acknowledgments, such as their Citizen of the Year Award and their Lifetime Achievement Award. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis.